Did you ever see Munich? No. Munich's great. Let me tell you, Munich is great. <laughs> and you also didn't comment on my, like, that being a one -er. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Hannah. Uh, Hannah is one of my favorite movies. Um, ever? Not ever. I mean, I think when people say it's something's one of their favorites, there's probably like thousands of movies that would they would call one of their favorites. Um, this is one that I just I watch a lot. Um, I think it's really well done. I think the action is really well done. It's really well choreographed, and um, you can tell that like Eric Bana and Saoirse Ronan like really put in the effort to kind of be able to do this because it's like, it's not cutting away from them and like showing these like small clips of like the fight scenes. It's, for, you know, you can tell it to them. Um, and so uh, it's just, this is a movie that I think is just really enjoyable. It's a really good story. It's got a lot of like style to the movie. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's why I really like it. Uh, and it's one that I've wanted you to watch for a while. You know, I feel like over the past, like, month or two like i've really gotten you to watch like some of the ones i've really wanted to so alan what did you think of hannah i mean yeah i really liked it is it, everything that um what you just said i agree with uh the the pacing is what really got me like i was an hour into it and i was like really shocked uh when i checked the timestamp that you know there was like uh I, I that I was an hour into it because it 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 was paced in a way that just never dragged. It just kept going into this like, um, I I guess you were you were given a scenario, and what I really like about the movie is that there's a lot of mystery behind this movie. You know, take someone like me who had no idea what the movie was about, no idea what they were getting into, and it just kind of like thrown into this world with a lot of questions and i remember just watching it just sitting there being like well i really hope some answers come up pretty soon because although yes i'm enjoying the movie i am completely lost on the plot and i guess that's one of the like i would say the faults of the movie is that i i feel like maybe it it doesn't let you in on what it's about uh fairly quickly like i i would like to know a little bit sooner than when it does but i really like how it does spend that time building um hannah's character her father eric's character and then uh the only thing i would say is i wish it would spend have spent a little bit more time developing uh the villain miranda marissa Marissa, see exactly my point. Um, yeah, they totally don't say her name fifty times in the fucking movie. <laughs> but who is she really? No, but I mean, there's still like what I what I really like too about the movie is that there's still questions you have by the time you finish the movie that the movie never answers, and not that you know it's important that you need to know. Um, and you can fill in like it lets you fill in the blanks yourself but uh, you know I appreciate a movie that just doesn't treat its audience um, like they're stupid little children 
Yeah, I think I disagree with you a little bit about like not answering things kind of early because really what it does is it puts you in the mind of Hannah. It's like you're along for the journey. You're figuring out things the same way she is. Like you, you have about the same amount of information as she does, you know, after 15, 20 minutes of the movie and then you're discovering the rest for yourself. And I mean, really this isn't like a, it's not a very unique plot as far as like, you know, you have like the hitman and you have born identity, like this idea of creating like a super soldier who doesn't really know, uh, you know, that they're a super soldier and why, and like all the background of it. But what I think is cool about this movie and, and I like these type of movies where you can just tell like, this is a one-off, although they've now created a TV show around it. And so it's like, I haven't watched that yet, but I am assuming that will go more in depth into like the world. Um, but I like the idea of this because it's just so like, it's so compact. You don't really, you're not really given a lot of like the ancillary information, the why, like, why are we in this situation? It's just sort of the, like this, this thrill ride of like, her being chased and her you know on a mission to to kill this woman but in the end you do get like a lot of information kind of very quickly from the father um but overall throughout you don't get much yeah and and you know i think and here's my only gripe with it is if you did as the audience did know as much as she did that wouldn't be a problem but for me I am confused, not anymore, because obviously it gets to it finally in the film, but the the lady with the blue-green hair in the photograph, you know, it's like, is it her mother? Is it her sister? I didn't, I, that wasn't quite clear until it was. Um, it, it doesn't occur to me that it's a it's a revenge story until kind of like, after the first act and then why is it a revenge story why does she need to get i mean all these answers are eventually all these questions are eventually answered but i just felt like they could have just pushed everything maybe 10 or 15 minutes up and i i could have like stayed with it more but i get i get your point like there's always unanswered questions or a mystery on on both sides of the stuff uh coin right like hannah and her father um let me let me rephrase that i like the stuff like and i guess i'm jumping into the the story here and we can go back in a second but for example when she finally comes face to face with uh marissa marissa right yeah okay when she comes face to face with marissa and she kills her but it's the fake marissa and then she sends that postcard to her dad being like, the witch is dead. And so as far as she's concerned, she's dead. And then the dad, as far as he's concerned, she's dead. But we as the audience know that she's still alive. I think that's cool, right? Like, that's right. interesting. But I still don't know why Marissa was there or how she got there to, like, shoot the car and like make it crash and then she was just trying to kill everyone in the car i guess she was like, trying to take hannah you're gonna 
put 20 bullets through a car window and then make it crash, you have the possibility of killing everyone in that car. Right. But I mean, she's also trying to kill Eric. She's trying to kill the mother. I mean, at the end of this, like in the beginning of the movie, when she, you know, when she figures out that Eric's still alive because that beacon goes off, um, she's lying to all of her bosses about what this is and she's keeping information from them. And then, you know, her, her partner, the, uh, the guy that's like helping her on this mission is like, Oh, we just need one man for one night. And then they send in a team of like 30, like she is trying to keep this under wraps. So when she's trying to kill Eric in the flashback and the mother, um, she's trying to like save her ass. Yeah. I see that now. I, I mean, there is a question of like, how did she find them and how is she waiting? Like they're in the middle of nowhere and how is she waiting behind this sign? Exactly. I think there are a few moments where you're like, okay, well, like why does, how does that particularly happen? I think we can get to them as, as we go through. Oh, but, I have a lot of those. Like how the hell do they keep finding her? I mean, it's, it is the CIA, right? Well, is I mean, it? that is, that is the, yeah. And no. I mean, that's a, Look, I'm just going to argue the point that the blonde guy from the strip club of the hermaphrodites uh-huh. is not part of the CIA. There's no freaking way. No, but Kate Blanchett is. No, I understand that. But I'm not saying Kate Blanchett. I'm not questioning that. I'm, ask, I'm questioning those blonde German guys, how they keep just like right hot on her trail, you know? Well, we can go through it um, if you want. Uh, we'll go through it when we get to it. Uh, but... I think like even with those kind of like questions that you can ask about this, I think overall it's still a good movie. Um, And I think like that is one like kind of difference between like this and like a Bourne movie, right? Like Bourne never gets found until he wants to. Right. Like whenever he pops up again on the map, it's because like Matt Damon has decided to. And in this, it's like they're hot on their tails like the entire time, which is, is, is funny. Um, I think this movie is pretty easily divided up into like three acts. There's like the act before they set off the beacon and when like she thinks she kills Marissa, right? That's the first act. Right. And the second act is when Hannah is with this British family. And then the third act is the final act is just them in Germany, right? Like her finally like going to the Grimm's house and then Marissa like finding them and, you know, the confrontation. See, now, now that I think about it, I actually have a lot more questions about, about the plot that I... I mean, don't get me wrong. This well, let's, is, just, let's just do it now. Start rapid fire. Let's see what we got. Okay, so the British family. What happens to them? Are they dead? See, I think that's purposely left unsaid. And I think it's kind of, it's, it's kind of smart, right? Because you can think about it. There's a couple ways you can think about it, right? Like the, the German guys are basically killing everyone that they like run into, right? They're rogue. They, they don't report to a government agency. Well, yeah. and that's, why Mar- that's why Marissa brings them in because, right. I mean, Marissa in her early career is basically, did you ever see the movie Spy Game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt? Mm, no. Well, Robert Redford brings in Brad Pitt as like an asset to help with like just CIA like bullshit that he needs done. And then Brad Pitt brings in his own assets to help with like missions. And that's exactly what this is. Marissa has this dude who's like off the payroll that helps when she needs shit done. She's like, I need you for things the CIA won't let me do. Right. I understand that. But then it comes to the question like Kate Blanchett is, 
she's part of the CIA. She has rules she has to follow. And so I guess- well, hold I, on. And we got a little bit off track about what happened to the British family. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. back to that. So if it's just left up to the German guys, like I think that family's dead. And Marissa, she is also just kind of tying up a lot of loose ends and killing people. So I think the, the more obvious answer is that they're probably dead. But I think I could, you could also see where she's like, we can't wipe out like this entire family for no reason. And the way she's talking to the parents, like she is trying to get information from them, but she is also like, she's lying to them in a way that you could make it think like, oh, maybe she'll let them go because she's right. told them, oh, we're just after this girl who's bad. Right. Um, I, I would imagine they're probably dead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, only if the little girl listened to uh, Hannah when she was like, don't follow me. And then, of course, you know, fuck that up. Well, um, Hannah, Hannah could have also taken those two German dudes out. Yeah, she was wasting a lot of time, I, I thought, there. Um, what, I, what I actually really like about the movie, too, is that it's not, like, jam-packed with action scene after action scene. They're placed in certain ways that it's, like, you know, you, you have a couple in the beginning where she just fights her father, and it's just, like, you know, like, practice stuff, right? Then you have the one between Eric and, like, the four or five dudes in the parking garage. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, a couple between Hannah and those German guys, and eventually, Marissa. I don't think you need to name every fight in the movie to get your well, point across. I, but I guess what I'm saying is that there's actually, in reality, there's just maybe like four or five fights. Um, and yeah, and most most of them don't even really last that long. I think the the one with the containers is probably like one of the longer one. Eric Bana has his long one, and then there's just the ones in the end, really. Well, the beginning one too, when she's at the facility and she takes out all those dudes. Uh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. But they're, they're spread out so sporadically. But, you know, when you said each one is done so well and, and the actors, you know, really had a certain dedication to it, you, you know, you can really tell that's true. Um, and it's not bogged down by action, but there's just enough that, like, keeps it interesting. You know, at, after all the sneaking around and espionage, there is, you know, uh, some, some exciting stuff. Um, so rapid fire. This isn't really rapid fire by the way, David. But um, the second question I have is, this is at the end where they go to the Grim, Grim house, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes to the Grim house. The German guys and Kate Blanchett show up at the, at the Grim house. She escapes, you know, from, from, from them. And it's this weird thing where her mother's mother, so I guess her biological grandmother, is met by Kate Blanchett, by Marissa. Right. And then is killed. Yep. Um, but then Hannah finds out about her. So she goes to visit her, but she's already dead. And then her father goes to the Grimm house, but realizes it's been compromised by the German guys. And then the German guys say something like, well, better go visit mom or something like that. Better go visit grandma or to grandmother's house we go is what they say. And then I guess that tips Eric off her dad to go there. And that's where they meet. Is there a question? 
Okay, so so why is it that she goes back to the Grim House after all that? I mean, she knows she knows where she has lived with her dad for what the past maybe decade and then she knows like two addresses in Germany. So, I mean, she also she doesn't know that they've killed this guy, right? She knows that they came out back and chased her, but she doesn't know that when she goes to to back to Grimm's house, she keeps calling out Mr. Grimm because that's what she calls that guy. Um, who, the, by the way, is like really creepy, but is also just like, I guess, a genuinely just good person. Yeah. But comes off as super creepy in the beginning when you first meet him. He reminds, I mean, me, of, um, he reminds me of uh, Mr. Phil, Filch from Harry Potter. Or uh, remember the two guys from Pirates of the Caribbean, the two like the two bad guys that um, oh, are kind of like the comic relief. Comic relief characters, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you think about it, her she knows her dad's dead at this point, and this is the only person else in the world that she knows. Like her grandmother, she saw the blood stain, so grandma's dead, mom's dead, dad's dead. This is the only other person she knows, and now he's dead too. Um, so it's like, where else was she going to go? I guess she could have just ran, but she still, I think, had hope that he was alive. Yeah, okay. I. You, you just... You've seen this movie a lot, David. You're going to have an answer to everything I say. I am. So let's start from the top and see where we go. I do love um, the title card, you know, how she she shoots the deer and says, uh, or she shoots the deer with an arrow, chases it down and says, I just missed your heart. And then the just very like bold, like garish Hannah with like the red lettering and the white background. And then you get the exact same ending too with uh, Marissa Wiegler. Um, I, like, Yeah. I actually called that. You can you can even ask Taylor. We're watching it together. And I was like, before she like walks up to Marissa Vigler and uh I, I I was like, I just missed your heart. And then she said it. And I looked at Taylor, I was like, oh, I was right. I, I did it. Did it. Um Yeah, and then obviously like you get the two fight scenes with their dad, right? And the, like the choreography of that is so great we talked about. But I what what I also like is she she kind of, you can see that she started to like best her dad a little bit. Right. Um, and he tells her to take the deer home on her own, right? But then you see as she's dragging it, he's like hiding in the woods just to make sure she's okay. Right. What I like about that is like, he is like, he's training her up. He's not sure of her level of readiness. And we're like, we're coming in right at the point where like, all right, maybe she is ready. But what you also like in this part, you don't really get, because you don't know what uh, Hannah's like what she is and what Eric is, you know, them fighting, you can almost like, Oh, maybe the dad's like taking it easy on her. But when they fight in the end, after you figured out that she's like been bioengineered and he hasn't, he's just a normal dude, but he, like, he has a lot of training, like the way they fight, it's more apparent. Like, Oh, she kicks his ass. And then she kicks like everyone else's ass. He like struggles with these, random german dudes who like they're like kind of the bad guys but like the the main bad guy but the main german bad guy tom hollander like you never get an impression that this is some like very physically intimidating character right Um, it's just fucking weird but so i I do like how like in the fight scenes in the beginning compared to the fight scenes at the end like it's definitely purposely keeping things away from you like what's going on Uh, speaking of purposely keeping things away from you um, I found it interesting and also enjoyed the amount of like blood and gore it decides to show you, which is barely 
Eni. Like every time a character snaps and you know someone's neck, shoots them in the face, stabs them in the stomach, you know, yada yada yada, they always seem to either do like show you the wound after the fact that it's already happened. And when it is happening, you know, someone getting shot with an arrow or stabbed with a pipe, um, they cut away. They like cut away at the last second. So it on one hand, I could probably see that as like trying to get away with a certain rating. And then on the other hand, it's almost like letting the audience's imagination like take care of the rest. So I, I did really like Which appreciate the same, the same as the British family too, right? Letting your well, imagination go. I guess. But I would have actually enjoyed an answer to that because I actually really like those characters. The thing is, I feel like you're alienating whatever you do with that, right? Like if you like those characters and want them to live, you're like, you want to know that they're alive, right? If you're the type of person that thinks like stuff like that happening in movies, that's not realistic and you're just going for a happy ending, you're going to piss those people off. So in this case, you could have maybe just pissed off everybody by leaving it open, but I don't know. I guess I like the choice in this situation. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought about too is like watching the opening. So like you're hearing her speak all these languages. Her dad's just reading the encyclopedia to you. And I feel like there's a major difference when you come into this movie as are most movies, like if you've seen a trailer or not. Um, and I always am curious, like, you know, cause the director is mostly involved with the movie and then some directors are probably involved with the trailers and some aren't right. Right. And so it's like, is it, is it better on any given movie to go in completely blind or are you just going to be lost if you don't even watch a trailer for it? Um, but I, I also like, as he's get, as he's reading the encyclopedia to her, she like asks about like, you know, what's music. And then he like starts reading the encyclopedia. She's like, no, no, no. Like, but what does it sound like? You know, what is it? And then, you know, at the end, Mr. Grimm's like, oh, your dad, he, you know, he didn't teach you so many important things. And it's like, you get that from the beginning too. Cause he's just like the black and white, like this is what this means. And this is how you fight. But like missing out on the, like a lot of very important development things. Yeah. And actually one thing that, that is kind of occurring to me now is that, in the beginning, you kind of think, okay, once you kind of piece it together that it's a revenge story, right? This woman killed her mother, killed what you presume is her, her, or sorry, his wife. And then, but, but on the other hand, you're like, okay, dude, why are you training your daughter to, to fight your battle essentially? Like, yeah, it's her mother, but like, you're the dad, you're the grown up. go and, and, if you want revenge, go get revenge and don't put your daughter in this, in the middle of this. And then when it occurs to you, it's like, yeah, he was training himself too. But he probably figured because she was bioengineered that she had a better shot of completing the mission than he ever did. Well, I think the other thing, and it, it's kind of proven out very quickly is he knows that Marissa who's played by Kate Blanchett, which we haven't said yet. And she's like really great at this villain role. Um, he knows that Marissa really wants Hannah. He's like, you know, she's really invested in these children that they were engineering. 
And so that with Eric, when she thought it was just Eric in the middle of the woods, they sent a team of like 20 guys to just fucking take him out, right? Right. And when they find just this kid sitting there, and you, you see too, right? She takes out two of the guys, but then after that, she sort of just like sits there and is like waiting to be taken in because part of it is like they need to get in a room with Marissa in order to kill her. Right. And I, I kind of figured that out from the beginning. I really liked how they put in a body double though, just to kind of see what her motivation is. Um, well, that ended up, it probably ended up being more practical than anything just because like Marissa was in DC. And so like they couldn't, like she couldn't get there that quickly. <laughs> yeah. But also the fact that like, there's certain things that her father probably told her about her. Like, right. Like she has an accent. She has red hair tall pale caucasian woman right Mm -hmm. there's like things that like you know if if someone who doesn't fit that description walked in claiming to be her i I would have liked to see uh, how uh exactly that went down that would have gone down too um but they had that's the thing too right she's like this like how old is she 13 year old girl probably 13 14 maybe and she's like crying and and you know, looks innocent enough, but they still have the like suspicion to send in someone who's. And I guess you're right. Is it for con con like convenience or is it for like safety? So. Uh, the other thing too that I was thinking about in watching this opening again is, so he he finally brings out the box when she's like i'm ready because they have their second fight and he brings out the box and he's like if you turn this on marissa will will come and she once she doesn't do it right away and it kind of shows you like the gravity of this like she's wanted this and then now she's given it and she's like all right well i need to make sure yeah but then she does it as her father is like gone which is also like hey you like you guys you cost yourself some time um i do like that the uh the beeping of the beacon like blends into the beeping of Marissa's like alarm clock waking her up. That's good. Um, but what I thought too is like everything before like the beacon is turned on would be pretty boring, except you're getting like so much good information. That's but it's thing. not but it's not given in it's not given to you in a way that feels like information, but it is. But it's just it's really setting up like who Hannah is and what's like what we're in for. So to me, that's like, just shows really good writing is when you can almost give away the plot at the same time you're giving away, uh, not giving away, but um, fleshing out these characters. And that's exactly what they did. They're fleshing out her character. They're fleshing out her dad. But along with that, as you get to know who these people are, that comes with the motivation and the motivation lays out the plot and the plot is, you know, what moves the story along. So yeah, they do, they do that like tremendously well. Um, I have to hand them that. Not, not a lot of movies. I was uh, watching something that like a video essay about someone explaining how most movies, if you look at them, spend like the first half half of the movie, just kind of fleshing out these characters and then introducing the plot um, about a third or, or half uh, in and being like, okay, now you know these characters and now this is their, right? But that's not really what happens with this movie. You kind of 
are on these like linear paths simultaneously. Like you're learning about the, the plot and motivation and the character at the same time. So that was like, bravo. <laughs> and then, so next, you know, she gets purposely captured. Mm-hmm. They send in, first of all, like the doctor who's talking to her first, like the male doctor is really creepy there's yep. a lot of just like overly creepy characters in this movie which i think is also you know they're they're playing with like the whole Grimm's fairy tale thing i think that's like obviously purposeful um but then they bring in the fake marissa um i just love especially kate blanchett's acting as like saoirse Ronan is just like killing all these dudes like flipping them and then just taking out every camera with a single shot and she's just like it's a it's a mixture of like horror but also just like excitement Cause she's like, Oh my God. And yeah. like, she even, she even says that when the, when the German guy, uh, Tom Hollander is like, uh, you know, was she, as you expected? And she's like, better, just like so much better. Yeah. But she's not hers. And that's the big, that's the big issue. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one thing that I was curious about in this and you know, that we talked about how like different people die and whether or not they live Hannah sometimes will kill people indiscriminately and then sometimes won't. So she escapes through these air ducts and then drops into like a locker room. Right. And one guy gets out. And so kind of a really funny scene where like the guy closes his locker and she's standing there with a gun and she forces him to get in the locker. Right. And closes the door and he like kind of starts praying or whatever. Um, and then there's just a gunshot. Yeah. Did she shoot him through the locker? I've never really thought about this before, but it's like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, I thought about that too because then there there's another scientist guy that comes in through the same doors and she lets him live. Right. And some yeah, it was it was very curious to me like why that gunshot was put in there because it doesn't show her shooting through the locker, right? So it almost seems like it'd be a decision in editing to like add that that she shot that guy. And it's not like this is some dude that we've like had a relationship with or have seen him like do something bad so it was it's just kind of interesting it almost felt like a um like a bad decision really and then it's like on one hand it's like okay then if you're gonna do that and she's gonna kill everyone in this facility that she runs across um why not kill that last guy right right well i mean it seems mostly besides that she she just kills the people when she needs to like she's not afraid to kill people but she will like she won't kill people just indiscriminately it seems um and then we get in the same scene like right after we get the uh the flashback that you were talking about where Kate Blanchett is just standing in the middle of like what seems to be rural Poland and uh just shoots at a car to take these people out which it does ask the question like it it begs the question how did she get there how did she know they were going to be driving down this road? How did she time that so well? I mean, maybe she had them tracked in this movie. And we talked about like comparing it to like born movies and other movies. Like it does seem like the CIA is much better at tracking people in, in this universe than others. Yeah. Um, he, he, here's the thing I want to make clear to you or alongside you. Um, Eric, her father was an asset you know, hired by Kate Blanchett out of the CIA to, I guess, track down these women from like abortion clinics or hospitals or whatever, whatever, who, you know, 
have a, you know, are pregnant, don't want to keep the baby, but then they're signed up to this like government bioengineering experiment, experiment to like produce these super soldiers. And I guess what we're supposed to get from what we know or what we learn throughout the movie is he takes a liking to this specific woman. Right. And, and cause it alludes to her not getting the funding or something going wrong. And they have to like, they st- he terminate they, the project. Yeah. That they start shutting the project down. You don't really know what that means, but you have to assume same- it means killing everyone that was involved. Well, that's what you're assuming. Right. But also at the same time, she asks Eric, like, why this one? Why did you choose to like grow, go rogue with this one? And he's like, I just realized that what we were doing was wrong. And when you think back on the movie, because you're in the beginning, you're established that Eric is Hannah's father. And then you find out that that's not true. But besides that, I don't think there's a single thing in this movie that links Eric and Hannah's mother romantically. No. Um, which is something that you don't really find out until the end. The only thing I could think of is the pictures, right? I guess, but it also could just be he thought he was doing what was right by like trying to protect her. Um, yeah. They could have had a romantic relationship. It's it's possible. It always actually, when I don't watch this for a while, comes as a surprise to me that he's not her father. I always forget that part. <laughs> um, it's such a, a pivotal part at the end where she realizes it too. But it's with the same thing, right? She has her DNA run, comes out of like abnormal. And she's sitting there thinking like, what's abnormal about her? What's, what's abnormal? And you're, you as the audience sitting there thinking like, okay, what does that mean, abnormal? Why is she abnormal, you know? So in that piece of information, the audience and Hannah are both clueless and, and also learn that at the same time too. So that, that is a cool aspect of it. At that point, she escapes the facility, right? And you find out that it's in the middle of like Morocco in the desert, uh, underground. And right. you know, when, when she's like crawling through those tunnels and she's escaping it initially, I was just thinking like, where the hell is this place? Like this, I wonder where they shot this. Was it a set? Was it on location? Because this was like such a weird fucking place, you know? What I find interesting about that too is presumably uh hannah and eric are living in like really north norway like in the north pole area and then when she's captured she's like flown all the way to morocco to like have her like be you know to have her like tested and meet with like all these psychiatrists and whatever it's just, it's just funny, like, that's where they had to take her, like, in the secret facility. But that is where you then run into their British family, um, which I think is, uh, I, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie, just because I think it's, like, it just really develops, like, Hannah, and it shows you, like, oh, this is, like, this girl that had her childhood robbed, and she, like, doesn't know these basic things, but it's, like, her developing and her, like, learning. I think it's just really cool. Figuring out like everything she missed is like, I don't know, like a regular kid, right? With with the British family. Um, And I love that dynamic between her and the girl from that family. Because at first, I just found her incredibly annoying. I was like, oh man, I hope this isn't like a (laughs) a long-term character. 
but she actually really like grows on you really fast and she's she's like really uh yeah she's annoying but also she's kind of super adorable uh no i i agree i think i think you could you could say she's annoying but at the same time it's it's completely like purposeful that character um, I do love when she's uh, when Hannah like has the one guy in a chokehold. She's like, "Should I let him go?" And she's like, "As opposed to what? <laughs> like, what's the alternative?" Yeah, uh, I love when she talk- gets like, sorry, but off of that scene, I love when she gets like really close to the guy's ear. And she's like, "Hey, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do this again." Um, but then that that same girl when she's uh, talking about how she wants to be a lesbian, but like one that marries a man, and she's right. talking about like the strategic decision between getting a boob job or a purse because like the boobs depreciate, but the purse like never depreciates in value. Um, right. That girl's, that girl's really funny. She's actually like, she's in a movie that I really like uh, Tamara drew. And then she's also in that Netflix show. Um, End of the fucking world. Hmm. Which I like started watching, but I like didn't get into it, but I know I'll go back to it eventually. Um, but yeah, I think she's actually a pretty great part of the movie. You also like, the parents are pretty great. Um, yeah. You know, you have like, both of them are hippies, but like the mom makes fun of the dad for not being hippie enough. He's like, shoot, you're way too conservative. Cause he's questioning a, uh, a kid like traveling from Morocco to Spain by herself. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, how wonderful her dad wants her to be independent. And the entire time I'm just sitting there thinking like, lady, you have no idea. <laughs> Well, they ask Hannah, like, uh, oh, uh, where's your mom? She's like, oh, she died. How'd your mom die? Three bullets. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's, uh... oh, explain to me why. So they, you know, her and the girl, what's her name? Rose? Rosie? Let's call her Rose, the girl from the British family. Her name's uh, Sophie. So her and Sophie Rose, they they go out with those guys, right? But then the German guys, like, go into their tent or like her brother's tent and they can't find her but they're like it's kind of comedic right they're like right behind them and they don't even know it i'm so surprised that they don't like first of all they don't check the rv where their where the parents are boning or and they and then they don't go like they don't double back and like check the tent again when they come back but they wait till the morning i just i just found all of that like really odd you know I think they've been told and they know that Hannah's kind of like special, right? I guess. Yeah. And so I think they are trying to be somewhat careful in catching her in like a vulnerable moment. So they come in the tent at night, hoping that she'll be asleep so they can grab her. Um, And then they're like, all right, well, we can't stand around here and have her see us here because then she'll run and we won't find it. You know what I mean? So I think at that point, they're trying to be careful uh, when they make their move. Although when they're following her in the van, they're like trailing right behind Hannah and the, and the family, like making it very super obvious that they're following them. Yeah. The, the one part uh, when they're, when they try and find her in Morocco and they're wondering where she went, there's apparently a perfect surveillance camera that is just, right on the back of the British family's van that shows her getting into it. Like, I don't know much about Morocco, but it did surprise me. They're excellent, like surveillance cameras that they apparently have everywhere. I mean, some of it's contrived. Um, I, 
I think my favorite part of the movie has to be the time she spends with the British family. Cause there's so many moments in there that just like develop character from her. And like, she gets to kind of be a kid for those, for those few moments. Um, especially the time where she like breaks through the sunroof and hides in the trunk. And then the parents are like, well, one of y'all, you know, one of you's broke the sunroof and, uh, then the the younger brother sees her in the trunk and he's like hey i know you're in the trunk but i'll keep quiet you know i thought that like all that was like quite cool yeah the the this isn't something i noticed as much until now but the little boy is like a really cute like he's just like you can tell he's like obviously in love with hannah and then like his interaction with uh marissa when marissa's trying to get information out of him and like none of the other family will give her anything and he's just like He's, she's like, I know you're worried about him and uh, worried about Hannah. And he's like, yeah, you think she'll be okay? And da, 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 da. like, it's, he's like just trying to be like protective over her. Um, but obviously not helping her out by telling them um, while we're with the British family, we do get probably two of the cooler fight scenes. One with Eric, which I didn't notice this until I looked it up, but from the point Eric gets to like the, you know, I think he gets to like the train station in Berlin. I think he arrives on maybe a bus. That's like one shot from when he walks all the way through and then goes down and fights those four guys. It's all one take. And apparently it only took them 10 takes to get it right. I like Eric Bana as an actor. I really do. I think he gets a lot of crap for being in that really bad Hulk movie, but I think. I think he's a really good actor and I, and I'm kind of like, I'm glad to see him in this, but I'm also sad that I don't see him in like more recent stuff, you know? Yeah, that is true. You do not see him as, I mean, he was around this time and before, you know, he was in a lot of big stuff. Munich. Uh, did you ever see Munich? No. Munich's great. Let me tell you, Munich is great. <laughs> and you also didn't comment on my, like that being a one but either way, I think the choreography. No, it's, cool. it's cool that it's a one but I mean, that's not something I, I did not notice. You know, I think it's kind of obvious with the really cool, like, what do you do? The camera circles them basically through the entire uh, fight. Well, no, the fight part, yeah, for sure. And the fight is really badass. I, <laughs> the one part is when, like, he pushes the guy and the guy behind him just shoots into his own guy and then he throws a knife. Yeah. I mean, he didn't shoot enough bullets to where, like, he ran out. But, um, but at the same time, you then uh, – the mom, the British mom has to pull over, even though Hannah's telling her not to, and she runs off. And that fight scene is really cool. One, because it seems like she's sort of just fending them off, right? Right. And then as soon as Sophie might be in danger, she slices that one dude the fuck up. And it's so badass. The way she like takes his knife from him, cuts him, turns him, slits his throat, and then stabs him twice. Like, I just don't understand why she didn't do that to the other two. And then we wouldn't have a question about the British family being okay. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have a question about the British family being okay. Right. Like the, if she just took those guys out so quick, then there wouldn't really be a follow-up to like them showing back up at the Grimm house and another, I really like, I mean, I guess we're skipping a lot of scenes here. And since we are talking about the fight scenes, even though it was kind of short, I really like the choreography for between Eric and the, and the last two German guys at the playground where he like finishes them off. I thought that was like, there was a sense of like 
urgency and brutality in that. And it wasn't so like finessed. Like the one in the parking garage was really finessed and executed, right? But the one at the playground was just kind of like, you know, heavy handed and, and brutal. Um, you could tell that he was actually even extra exhausted from the fight that he had with Hannah just a few moments beforehand, right? Right. And that also, I think it kind of, from my point earlier, like, once you, this is right after you've figured out that, okay, there's nothing special about him, but Hannah's special. And so like him just fighting in like a more brutal fashion of just like, you know, out toughing these two guys, I think makes sense. Um, the other thing too, is right after Hannah escapes and uh, she killed the one German guy, but didn't kill the other two. Um, I love the shot of the one guy jumping from carrier to carrier as the family is separated each one. And then Tom Hollander just sitting there like whistling. Right. Like that's a really cool, just, you know, little shot. I like his whistling too. Right. Cause like every bad guy has to have like their MO, like every movie villain has to have something that's like, makes them quirky or something. Well, I thought his quirk was that he ran a hermaphroditic burlesque show <laughs> in uh, a country that I don't, probably Germany. No, David, that that's his occupation. Oh, right. That's that. Yeah. He's, his life is more than his career. I got you. <laughs> All right. Now that now good. We understand each other. Um, but even if it's not enough, he's like, so we like you see him when, 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 um, Oh, Eric Bana's character's name is also Eric, isn't it? I oh, were like 40 minutes in and you deduced that all on your own. I'm pretty proud. Yeah. Anyways, I guess when I talk about Eric, I, there's no confusion there. Um, when Eric sees them at the Grim House and he's like, I got to get out of here. I got to find Hannah. Um, you see him playing with a, with a bow. And then that doesn't actually come into like back into play until you see how Mr. Grim dies. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the probably like more haunting images of the entire movie is him hanging upside down with like what three arrows through him? Like eight. Well, I mean, I think like he's like riddled with air arrows. Like I'm we'll go back and we'll go back and count later, but yeah. whatever. Um yeah, that is uh that is I think they couldn't even really show it to you that much. Like it's in like it's very dark lit and you see it for like a matter of seconds each time, but it's like, it really sticks with you. Um, and it sticks with her. Like it re you can tell that it really affected Hannah when she saw it. And you couldn't imagine, I mean, as many people she's killed or seen killed, not much would affect her, you know? Uh, right. Well, I think the one she's only affected for a few seconds because then she, Here's a noise outside and you get Kate Blanchett just like her face pressed against the window, like, which is also like creepy after creepy. Um, and then she immediately just pulls an arrow out of Grimm because she's going to use it for self-defense. Right. Um, but also I think she's in a vulnerable place because it, we, we talked about this a little bit, but she gets in a fight with her, her, what she thought was her father at her grandmother's house because her father told her, well, I'm not actually your father. I worked for the CIA. I picked up women at abortion clinics who didn't want their baby and talked them into entering them into this bioengineering um, thing that we were doing. 
And so it's just like you learn immediately here. This isn't my dad. My mom who was killed was killed by, was killed because she entered this program for women that didn't want their babies. So I wasn't even wanted and I'm a freak. And she even says to her, you know, Eric's like, Oh, I love you. And she's like, why you love me? Cause I'm a freak. Um, and so it's like, she's learned all of that. And I think for her age process, it processes it very quickly and still like kind of kicks ass. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just thinking of the scene where uh, her her father and her have that fight, right? But then they see the German guys pull up and he just, he through the clotheslines, jumps the fence. He just runs into that car with such force that it forces the door closed back onto them. And then he maneuvers the traffic in such a way to like create a blockade. I mean, if you really broke down this movie, there is a ton of just really cool things that happen in this film well in that same scene right that you just talked about they're having probably the biggest fight they've ever had he comes out to talk to her one more time to try and get her to not run away the german guys pull up and it's immediately all right we are no longer fighting we're in survival mode again and he gives her a look and he tells her to run and she just listens immediately. You know what I mean? Like, right. so it is, it is cool that you can eat in that last instance that they have together. You can see like still like the love for each other. And then he runs them away from her, like to save her. Yeah. And, and I really, ah, yeah, he does, but not far enough away that she couldn't hear the gunshot when, uh, when he finally dies which I found interesting because I was like, I thought she was much farther away. And then they alluded it. Actually, she was, maybe she was running, trying to run towards him eventually to like help him. I thought that's what I, that's what I thought is that she was running away, but then in the way that they were running, she was eventually going to try and help save him. It was like this like perpendicular running, but then eventually meeting up again. I, I do feel like the movie robs us of a particular um, instance because how awesome would it have been if a, uh, a scene was made where both of them working together were fighting off a, a bunch of uh, bad guys? I thought, I, I really thought at one point they were working up to that, especially when they both met at the grandmother's house. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get the fight scene. Like, both of them working flawlessly together to defeat and we don't get that. And I felt like that was kind of like something cool they could have done and they didn't. Except you were just praising them earlier because like they didn't overdo it with the fight scenes. And now you're like, I need an Avengers style team up of like them coming together and taking out bad guys. Well, I'm just saying two people and, and it's the father and daughter that have basically like the daughter who, or sorry, the father who's trained his daughter to be this like killing machine. Um, and the opportunity is there, right? Like those German guys show up when both of them are in the same location and they could have easily taken them on probably no problem. I, I imagine together they're kind of, I mean, she's OP by herself. I, I could imagine together they're like almost unstoppable. But you do get this cool scene because they, they are not together of Marissa, totally her kind of style of fighting, right? She's not like a very 
brutal, strong character. You know, she's not the the muscle, but she's she comes sneak attack. Yeah, sneak attack. She comes in there very cunning, very secretive, and and has a gun, and you know, has the element of surprise over him. What what I think is interesting is she asks him why now, and he says, you know, kids grow up, and, and it kind of points back to to the beginning. She wasn't she wasn't looking for Eric. This was like, not that this was over, but this was like, it wasn't a part of her life because she knew I'll never find him. Like he has to present himself to me in order for me to like have a chance to take him out. I want, like, he's too good. Like he's too well-trained. And I just, I thought that part was interesting, but I, I also think the reason you can't have the fight is one, you have, you know, you have to have Marissa take out the father and then for the poetic way the movie ends, you have to have Hannah take out Marissa on her own. Well, yeah. But now, you know, you're, what you just said about him, and that is very like Jason Bourne-like, right? You can't find me until I want you to find me sort of sort of deal. But then you have to kind of look at the motivation be- uh, behind his actions, you know, it seemed like they were doing pretty fine living off the land and they built this like incredible hut with this like huge fireplace and, you know, they know how to hunt and get food. It's, they could have probably just survived all of their lives out there without being, uh, without being worried about being found. But he kept that thing. He kept that signal box specifically or the right time for Hannah and him to enact revenge on Marissa. Uh, do you think it's because eventually he's like, I know she's going to want like a normal life and she'll never have that until this bitch is taken care of. Well, we know that though. Like we know that Hannah wants to leave because she keeps telling her father that she's ready. Right. And so yeah, in his mind, ready, she's ready because she knows her mission, but it, but if she'd never had a mission, if he never told her, then maybe she wouldn't want to leave. Yeah, totally. There's, yeah, totally. She would have, I mean, like you get from her character, right? Like what's music? Oh, I want to hear music. And the way she interacts with the British family and that boy, um, like she does not want to stay in the North Pole for the rest of her life. Okay. And like the reason she's ready for her mission is because her mission helps her get out. And without taking out Marissa, they will always be looking over their shoulder if they're like in the real world. So, I mean, like, I think that that part kind of makes sense. I want to say two more things and then, and then I'll, I'll leave it alone. One, um, I love how you see her, her, that she's frightened of the real world, but she's also extremely excited of the real world when she sees that plane flying over her. She like right. screams, but she runs to her dad in like amazement, right? Uh, and the other thing is though, and I want you to think about this. Yes, if Hannah wanted to leave the, you know, freaking Siberia and live amongst, you know, actual people, she probably could by herself, right? Because at that point, the last time Marissa has seen her was a baby. She's unrecognizable to anyone, this person. I guess it was just for the fact that she could be with her father in the real world that, that Marissa needed to die. 
but well the other thing too is it is obviously revenge right this woman killed her mother killed a woman that eric may or may not have loved yeah but then again if he didn't love her then he purposely told hannah this woman killed your mom that's your mission i'm gonna you know raise you this way but then if he and that's if he if he did love her but if he didn't love her why even tell her about her mother at all you know what i mean so i was just i'm I'm just questioning the motivation of Eric for a, for a little bit, but I think maybe that, that tells you right there. Maybe he actually did genuinely care for the woman that is her mother. And that's why he like wants this revenge and he, he doesn't care if he gets it or, uh, or Hannah gets it. And finally, like the ending I think is, is really great. Hannah versus Marissa one-on-one. Uh, Hannah uses the arrow and like shoots it with like a, some sort of stretchy rope or whatever and, and kills Marissa. Um, I think that's, that's really great. And I also like, like you can see the fear in Marissa, like she's kind of put herself out in the open. She's used to like sneaking up on people or being the one who's making the calls from, you know, safety. And like, you can see the fear before she, she gets taken out. And yeah, going back to the to the beginning of the movie where she like shoots that deer in much of a you know same way as she she finishes off Marissa, it it makes you wonder like you know you said this movie is a one off with a with a show on Prime now, but where does she go from here? You know, and I think that leaves a lot of like open uh, questions to be answered. I feel like it's pretty obvious if the British family is alive, she moves in with them, and we get like sort of a a Netflix 10 episode buddy sister series. Um, but if they're dead, I think she reconnects with the, with the guy in Spain, um, you know, gives him a second date. That's, I mean, that's where it obviously goes to me. Obviously. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I finally watched. This is David. And this is Zalon. And I finally watched Hannah.